0: I really enjoy sharing the message of hope in a world and a nation where there's so little hope. I can still remember starting as a young pastor in my first parish in Monticello, Indiana. Fresh from graduate school, after nine years of college and seminary training, a second master's degree, I just knew about everything, I thought. Things were going to be great. I remember arriving and finding a stack of prospect cards, six or seven inches high. Wow, is that ever a fine for a young pastor. I jumped on those cards. I made calls, all home visits. I racked up mileage, hours of prospecting. I talked to some 60 different families. I had promises from 25 of them that they were interested in the next pastor's class that I would hold. So I scheduled the class in the fall. I ordered the student manuals, I prepared the room, I made the coffee, I did drink a lot of coffee out in the seminary. I waited for the arrival of my first class for instruction. Some 60 calls, 25 promises. How many do you think first came to that class that first night as a young pastor? How many, any guesses? Zero. Zero. So immediately I recognized that my efforts had failed me. My training had failed me. My enthusiasm to share the hope of eternal life with a world greatly in need took a tailspin. I needed to go back to the basics. I looked into the New Testament. I discovered the early Christians, they didn't have some of the things that we have today. They didn't have bumpers. So they couldn't have bumper stickers. They didn't didn't have witness jewelry, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Or forgiven block necklaces, expression wear t-shirts and sweatshirts. They didn't have super TV pastors with great CD ministries. They didn't even have gospel tracts and the four spiritual law booklets to hand out. They didn't even have those motel room Bibles. But amazingly, we read in the Bible, not once a week, not once every couple of weeks, but every single day, people were giving their lives to Jesus, being added to their number. How did they do that? How did they pull that off? They did it by telling other people about the hope that they had, how they were satisfied customers. Every Joe or Joseph. Average Beth or Elizabeth, average Christians going out and saying that this faith that I have, I've tried it, I've put it to the test, it works for me, it will work for you. Simply telling others about Jesus. If you have wondered how you can become more effective in witnessing for Jesus, this passage this morning from 1 Peter 3.15 is for you. So, please take out your sermon notes prepared for you. Please read it with me together out loud. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed to be for it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good and for doing evil for Christ also suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God he was put to death in the body made alive in the spirit after being made alive he went and proclaimed prison spirits to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. Now in this passage, Peter gives us four things that we need in order to share our faith or to share our hope. So first of all, in your notes, these are things that we need in order to help the hopeless. If you like alliteration, we have used it twice here. First of all, for essential evangelism, we first need help for the hopeless. And secondly, in your notes, we need to witness in ways that were. Witness in ways that were. So number one in your notes, for effective sharing, we need hope properly focused. Yes, we need a hope properly focused. Look at 1 Peter 3.15. But in your heart, set apart Christ this Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. To give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. The first thing that we need is hope properly focused. See, normally we do talk about sharing our faith. But today we're going to be talking about sharing our hope. Why? Because I believe there's a difference. When we share our faith... Typically, we're looking backwards in your notes. Sharing our faith tends to look backwards. We look back and say, God created the world and I believe in God. Or God sent his son Jesus into the world to suffer and die, rise again. And therefore, I believe in Jesus. Or in the water of holy baptism. God reached down and claimed me as his own child. I believe in God. When we share our faith, We often look back to those important events that formed the foundation of our faith. But in your notes, sharing our hope tends to look forward. We're looking ahead. We're saying to a lost and dying world, here's why I am confident in a world whose future is lacking any real hope. When we are ready to share our hope, we're looking forward. Now, everybody has hopes. Everybody hopes for something. We hope for the economy to do be doing well. We hope that someday we'll get a better job. We hope the kids will turn out okay. We hope for good crops and good weather. We hope that we will meet Mr. Bright. We hope some of our problems will go away. But the problem with all of these hopes in this world, there's little foundation, little guarantee for improvement. What guarantee is it that your kids will turn out all right? What guarantee is there that your life is really going to get better? The world's hope amounts to little more than wishful thinking. But for the Christian, hope is very, very different. In your notes, Christian hope is an optimistic outlook based on some powerful promises. It is more than wishful thinking. A Christian hope is an optimistic outlook based on powerful promises from God. See, God's promises are secure, firm, and certain. But how do you know if you are focused in your hope? We need a hope properly focused. How do I know? In your notes, the object of all Christians' hope is Jesus. The reason we can't hope in Jesus as Christians is because of the powerful promises that God gives to us. See, God has a plan for us, that's His promise. God wants us to be in heaven with him. That's his promise. God has all your needs taken care of in Jesus. That's his promise. We have all kinds of great promises that God gives to us in his word. That's the reason we as Christians can have hope in Jesus. See, the object of our hope is Jesus. That's vastly different from the world. See, the world feels confident when it drives up in a brand new car. It feels confident because today they're having a good hair day. What can possibly make you confident in all these difficult situations in our world? What really makes you confident? What Peter says, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Your hope needs to be sharply focused in Jesus Christ. In your notes number two, the second thing we need in sharing our hope. Peter says we need reasons, individually prepared. So number one, we need hope, properly focused. Number two, reasons, individually prepared. Individually prepared reasons will help us to share our hope. Look what Peter says, 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. For a lot of us, this is the sticking point. We usually try to draw a line in the sand right here. We say on the back of your notes, I can have hope, but I just cannot share the hope. We we try to make that distinction. Have the hope versus share the hope. We begin to make excuses for not knowing the Bible well enough, not being very quick on our feet, not thinking that fast. We try to share our hope some skeptic is going to ask questions that we're going to cannot answer. Have the hope. It was one thing. Sharing the hope, that's for someone else. Maybe that's for the pastor. The beautiful thing about sharing your hope is that it is just your hope, it's your reasons. And Peter's not saying that we have to have a snappy answer, a rebuttal for every philosophical argument that someone might toss your way. No, just have a reason. Have a reason for the hope that you have. Because it's your hope, it's your reason, it needs to be your reasons individually prepared. So, how do you prepare reasons to share your hope? The Christian hope, we said, is an optimistic outlook based on some powerful promises. So, the best reasons for my hope in your notes, the best reason I can give are the promises that mean the most to me. So, how do I get prepared? I get a couple of those promises, apply them to my life, my situation, and then you become prepared to share that with someone else. So in your notes, just tuck a promise of God in your memory today. Tuck a promise of God in your memory. It might go something like this. A single mom talking to another mom. I don't know what I'm going to do, she says. All I know is that my kid is out of control. I mean, he's never home. When he's not home, I have no idea what he's doing. I do know that I don't like the crowd that he's running around with. When the kid is home, I can't get him to lift a finger or give me the time of day. All he does is lock himself in his room. He just brought home a terrible report card. It looks like he's really failing. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think my kid just misses his father. Am I the only one who feels that way? The second mom then says, are you kidding? I know right where you're at. No one was meant to be a full-time part of the workforce and then a full-time solo parent as well. I mean, I know what you're going through. I wouldn't spend time with my kid's needs even if I wanted to in that situation. I don't have that kind of time but you know I just want to tell you this God tells me that he will be a father to the fatherless so I'm counting on keeping my child close to God and let God help me father my child my ex has certainly failed me and my children but I'm trusting God to help me somehow help my child to grow up in times of difficulty I'm just hanging on to God's promises that he will turn out. It can be really that simple and that easy. There are no fanciful theories, no philosophical arguments. None of the early disciples, you see, had theological degrees. You don't have to quote the original Greek or Hebrew text. In fact, if you would say to an unchurched person, Habakkuk, they would probably say Gesundheit. They have no idea what you're talking about. So Peter's asking Christians, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And the best reasons are the promises of God, those promises that mean the most to you. How do you get prepared? You take a promise in your memory today. Number three in your notes, the third thing for sharing our hope. We need gentleness. Number one, we need hope to properly focus Reasons individually prepared. And then we need gentleness, sincerely expressed. Peter again says, but do do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who are speaking maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed by their slander. Peter is saying that you don't need a quick wit, snappy personality, a big hearty laugh. Peter is saying in your notes, power, is not in the personality of men the power is not in the personality but in your notes the power is in the promises of God the power is in God's promise and with gentleness with respect we can do that we can put aside our own agendas and listen to another person's hurts listen to their feelings we can empathize with them how do I know if my attitude is right well Peter says two things here in your notes, number one, people will be ashamed. People will be saying, that Christian is really different. He lives a different style of life. I feel ashamed that I thought such bad things about that Christian. They treated me with gentleness. They treated me with respect. And number two, people will be drawn to God when they see your good works. By your gentleness, by sharing God's promises that mean the most to you, People are going to be looking to you for their hope. Peter gives us one more, one more important thing to share, our hope effectively. Number four, in your notes, we need confidence courageously maintained. So number one, we need hope properly focused. Reasons individually prepared, gentleness sincerely expressed. And number four, to share our hope, Peter says, we need confidence courageously maintained. Look at First Peter three nineteen. Jesus went and proclaimed God's salvation to earlier generations who ended up in the prison of God's judgment because they wouldn't listen. You know, even though God waited patiently all the days that Noah built his ship, only a few were saved, eight to be exact. That illustration is an answer to your and my yes but excuses. See, for 120 years, Noah lived. He preached. He had a shipbuilding project, his petting zoo. Three things the illustration reminds us of. Number one, if Noah had God with him, so do we. If God was with Noah and he worked with him, so also with us. God is with you. As a Christian, Jesus is present. His spirit is always with you. So be encouraged. God is with you. Number two, if Noah didn't have to produce results, neither do we. For 120 years, nobody besides Noah's family believed. The Bible says that Noah was one of the greatest men of faith that ever lived. He didn't produce results. So as Christians, yes, we need to speak up. We need to give the reason for the hope that we have in us. And God will draw people to himself. God's job is to save people. You and I are to share our hope. And number three, if Noah could handle insults, so can we. For 120 years, Noah handled insults and ridicule. So can we. So in conclusion, how do I know if I'm really ready to share my hope? You're going into a world that is hopeless, they need hope. People are looking for hope, they're seeking hope, and you can give it to them. And there's plenty of hope to go around. So number one, when you personally look at the promises of God, you are ready. So, You are ready for sharing your hope when you look at the promises of God for you. So, Take a little time today and look at those promises of God. Those promises that mean the most to you. And number two, you are ready when you pray. When you pray for an opportunity to share your hope. You're ready when you can pray to God. We need hope. Properly focused. Reasons. Individually prepared. Gentleness. Sincerely expressed. And confidence. Courageously maintained. And there's really plenty of hope to go around. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.